Hey guys, welcome to the Ashley Hand Show. I'm your host, Ashley Hanawacker, an online branding and marketing strategist, author, speaker, and influencer. And I'm taking you behind the scenes with some of the most powerful, successful, influential entrepreneurs, CEOs, and leaders on this planet about all things business, marketing, and mindset. My mission is to educate and inspire you through sharing valuable insights, tangible tools, and actionable strategies to help you amplify your business, your life, and your results so you can be the best version of you. Just wait until you hear Amberly Lago's survival story. It is nothing short of incredible. She was involved in a very sudden accident that really changed her life forever. And she's turned that pain, that tragedy into her triumph, into her platform that she uses to really inspire others into their own resilience and transformation. She has a carefully created set of practical tools to teach you how to tap into your own superpower of resilience and persevere through any of life's challenges that come your way. And she goes over these in the episode. So you're gonna wanna take a lot of notes. Amber Lee is a leading expert in the field of resilience, transformation, and health and wellness. She's been featured on NBC's Today Show, TEDx, and featured in magazines such as Health, Fit Pregnancy, Shape, and Disability Magazine. And you guys, she is just a beautiful, genuine soul. I knew it from the instant I met her. I felt her energy. She is pure. She truly is on a mission to support others and change lives. And I just am so excited for you to meet her. So without further ado, let's meet Amberly Lago. Amberly, I am so, so thrilled and grateful to have you on the show today. I'm so excited to talk with you about your story and everything that you speak about. So thank you so much for coming on the thank show. Thank you. I've been so excited to meet you in person and I don't know how this is possible, but you're even more beautiful no. in person. How's that even possible? It's because <laughs> you're you. so pretty on the inside too. Oh, thank you. You're yeah, the sweetest. You are. I, you guys, as soon as I heard Amber Lee's accent, it was like, I got a like warm feeling, fuzzy feeling Aww. in my heart. I'm like, you have the cutest accent ever. So I'm super happy to meet you in person too. And we've been planning this for a while. I know it's been a while. It's finally happening. Yeah. And cool. I'd love, I would really love for, I know your story, most of it, not mm -hmm. all of it. I would really love for our listeners because you have such a powerful story and oh, it's so moving. Thank you. And I would love for you to share share it with us well you know it's um, interesting a lot of times when I do an interview and I hear them introduce me with what I've gone through I'm like oh that's me and mm -hmm. it's because sometimes we kind of forget how bad times you know were when we're we're living a lot better now and I did mm -hmm. go through a lot I mean um, I think the big chunk of my story when my healing journey really began was after I was hit by an SUV I was riding on a motorcycle, um, you know, riding home from work. Um, I'm a trainer and I've been a dancer and an athlete my whole life. I set a record for running in Texas. I was sponsored by Nike. And so fitness wasn't just something I did for fun or it was my livelihood. It was my running was my drug of choice. That's mm -hmm. what I did to feel happy or um, when I was anxious or sad. And so when I was hit by this SUV, 
I was sliding across, I was thrown 30 feet and I was sliding across the asphalt. And all I could think about was, you know, please don't let another car hit me. And when I finally came to a stop, I looked down at my leg and it was just broken into pieces. Um, my, there was blood everywhere. My foot was I, dangling off, only held on by skin. And I didn't want to let go of my leg because I, I really thought it was going to fall off. And thank God there was a guy, I think he was a guardian angel, because uh, I've never been able to find him since the accident, but he made a tourniquet on my leg. And when your, when your femoral artery was severed, I did not know, I, thank goodness I didn't know, you can bleed out in five minutes. And so Whoa. he saved my life. And I'm lying in the street, wow. and one of the first things I think of is, oh, well, this can't be good. I might have to train clients on crutches for a while. And oh my God. that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, oh man, I'm gonna have to train. Oh, I had no idea it was going to change my life forever. You know, that's so interesting to think about the perspective, like where you were at mentally, and you remember it like clear as day. Oh, I remember it clear as day, and and then I remember. Thank you. I remember. Um, I was cussing. Like I was like saying some pretty bad cuss words and screaming call 911 and mm -hmm. thinking in my head oh my methodist mom is not going to be too happy with me oh for gosh. saying all these cuss words and then i thought um you know my husband's going to be upset i have his brand new backpack on and i just slid oh, across man. the asphalt and i have a pulled pork sandwich in there there's going to be pulled pork everywhere and i mean it's crazy the wow. things that you think of yeah. I really didn't think until I got in the ambulance that I could die because they wouldn't, people that were coming up to me, they didn't, people weren't running up to me. People were walking really slow with a horrified look on their face. And then someone finally came up to me and held my hand and, and they said, I'm a nurse, hold my hand, you need to breathe. And then when the ambulance finally did get there, I was squeezing one of the paramedics legs and I was looking at him. I wanted some sort of connection, like uh, something in their eyes to let me know, yeah. am I gonna be okay? Yeah. And they wouldn't make eye contact with me. And I thought, oh my God, this can't be good. What does this mean? I'm gonna die? Like that, then those thoughts started, started coming, coming in. in, like I could die. And then when I got, finally got to the hospital, it was chaotic because my husband is a lieutenant with a highway patrol and the brotherhood of the police force, I mean, news travels fast. And so the whole ER was full of cops and all I could hear was this wailing of, of a man. I didn't know where it was coming from and it, I realized it was my husband. Oh my God. And I had never seen him cry. And especially like that, he's a big, tough dude and he's not an emotional guy. Yeah. And that freaked me out. And so I screamed across the ER, Johnny, I need you to get over here and be strong for me. And I needed him, he came over and he held my hand and I needed to know that no matter what, if I wasn't gonna wake up again, 
that he was going to be there, he was going to be okay, he was going to take care of the kids. Like those were now the thoughts going through my head. Mm. Like I need you to get your shit together because if I never wake up, I need to know right now that you are going to handle this. Mm. And that's the last thing I remember before a nurse leaned over me and she said, I'm going to give you something to make you feel better now. And they put me in induced coma and I was out for a while. How long were you out? I was out for a little over a week and you know it's crazy the first thing when I came out of a coma I start you know you wake up you've got tubes going down your throat you've got something a machine breathing for you you can't talk you can't it it, and so I start trying to rip these tubes out and they're like no 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 don't rip those out don't rip those out and I was flailing my arm. They're like, I think she's trying to say something. And they go and they get me a pad and a a piece of paper and my husband is standing over me and um, he's got tears in his eyes. And I write on the pad, get off my tubes. Because my husband was leaning against oh. my tubes. I couldn't breathe. Oh and so that was like the first thing I did. And then the next thing I wrote was, don't tell Savannah. That was my oldest daughter. And she was away at a school trip and I didn't want her to worry. Oh, wow. Now, little did I know, everybody of already course, knew. I'd been course. out for over a week. And uh-huh. to me, it felt like I was out for an hour. How I didn't know. And mm-hmm. so... Um, then they told me, we want to amputate your leg. You, there's no other way around it. You, it's basically like a war wound. You have a 1% chance of saving it. So for me, I was like, okay, so there's still a chance. We're going to save it. And that took 34 surgeries and months in the hospital, um, and the real journey began when I got out of the hospital that's and I was, I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with a nerve disease. Wow, because that, that's what I was gonna say is I feel like when you're maybe, I mean, I, I've never been in such a situation. I can only imagine, and from what you were saying, I feel like when you're in that situation, it's so, because you're in it, you're so in it, so then when you get out, it's everything just starts to, you're back yeah. in your real life. You're out of the hospital room. I mean, that's, oh, the that's hospital. Kind of I, it was hell. Like uh-huh. um, physically, it was it was it was so hard. Physically, when they, you know, my leg was completely open. I, it was like a, a science lab. I could see every oh. bone, muscle, everything was open, and they would have to come and strip the bandages off every three hours. But in some ways it was easier because I had nurses to take care of me mm-hmm. and it was a little easier on my husband. But when I got home, here I am bedridden. I couldn't even use a bathroom on my own. We had a hospital bed that was in our middle of our living room. I had a two-year-old at the time. Mm-hmm. It, and when I was diagnosed with a nerve disease, I thought, okay, well this, this sucks going through all this. But when I had a doctor tell me, you're never going to get better. You're going to be in pain the rest of your life. You're going to be permanently disabled. You need to go get back in your wheelchair because you're, you're not going to be walking or running ever again. Mm. I was crushed. Mm. And that's when I really was like, holy crap, I have got to figure this out because 
that's not the life for me. I don't mm-hmm. want that to be, this can't be the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it really, the healing journey really began. Wow. You know, to be, and it's, it's like you're, you had this identity, you know, you were a runner, you were an athlete. And I was so caught athlete, up in you that. Were in fit, yeah, and that was your life and it brought you so much joy. And then to have someone basically tell you that it's it, done. It's, it's, it's like a full-blown identity identity crisis and it probably felt like your world was over crashing down yeah well what I and this isn't I've heard before these I mean it's a lot of people who have a story where they've you know come out doctor told them one thing they actually just interviewed a guy last night doctor told them one thing ended up completely defying the odds I feel like there's two ways that you could take that kind of news Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying you could let that news completely crush you and go down like this sorrow, sorrow filled kind of giving up, mm-hmm. right? Versus I feel like you, and this is what you talk about, of course, is you had resilience. Mm-hmm. You came out and you're like, okay, this, there's no way. Mm-hmm. I am going to get through this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I am going to live the life that I want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's my experience of you. Yeah. Well, uh, I think after the initial feeling like it was like a kick in the gut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I well, remember hello. I just, cried all the way home and he said you need to go home and get back in your wheelchair and I went straight to physical therapy instead and the physical therapist said what are you doing here you don't have an appointment today and Mm -hmm. I said well I know I don't but I just learned something and I'm gonna have to work harder than I've ever worked before if I want to have the life that I have always imagined yeah and I told him what I was diagnosed with and from that day on it was really having to figure out the tools to be resilient because it wasn't like okay I had this accident and I had to get over it and now my life is great it is like we talked a little bit beforehand um, when we fir- when I first walked in and I got to meet you before we started the interview, yeah. talked about, well, I could talk about what it's really like, like yes. what it's really like. Cause sometimes, you know, on social media or whatever, everything looks easy and it's all, you know, everybody's posting their highlight, highlight reel or whatever it's, uh, you know, that you want to call it. Yeah. And I told you this morning was one of those days. I mean, I wake up every day in pain, but I had to really, I I mean, I was crying this morning. I was in so much pain and and not just the pain. I was like so frustrated. Like I'm so over this struggle, man. Why does it have to be so hard? And I I woke up and I said, you know what, girl, I better practice what I preach. And I am going to use every single tool right now. I have something that I use, it's called Pacer. And I, got out my journal i started writing i started using pacer which stands for perspective acceptance community endurance and rest Mm. and if i'm not doing one of those five things i'm not able to be as resilient Mm. if i'm struggling if i just take a pause and i look what is it that i need more of is it that i why am i feeling down right now Mm. Um, How can I shift my perspective? Mm. And, you know, for me, um, I I have people ask me all the time, how do you, how do you do it? How do you have a life of joy and be in pain? And I say, 
it's not always easy. I'm not always happy, but that's life. Yeah. And we can have those moments where we're not always happy and have those moments and be truly happy. Yeah. And, and, and still, you know. Well, and I think, I, I think it's all beautiful, truly, because there is something beautiful when we allow ourselves, like give ourselves a space to cry. Mm-hmm. Like imagine feel if- Feel the if, feels. Yeah, and imagine if like you would just stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. Actually, you probably create something else physically would show up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because we're stuffing, we're not allowing our bodies, ourselves to actually fully express what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it takes strength to allow ourselves those moments where we do cry, where we do let out our pain. Yeah. And, and shining light, like, you know, I always say the only way we can overcome our darkness is by shining light on it. Mm-hmm. And you do that, you know, you speak about it. And this is why I love everything that you do is because you're so, you, you're vulnerable and you share with people the struggle and you aren't just polished and okay, this is me, this is my life. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's, you. I think that's so important. And it's like, you're letting people in to the truth and what it's really like and it's refreshing. Well, I think that, you know, if we, it's hard to be vulnerable. Like for me, I me had too, to learn, girl. I had to learn because um, I grew up where that wasn't okay. I wasn't, yep. it wasn't okay to cry. Like mm-hmm. I was taught was you weak. don't cry. Mm-hmm. Um, that was weak and also because I was sexually and emotionally abused by my stepfather that when I did cry he would go see I gotcha Mm. and so I thought oh really no I'm not gonna let you I'm not gonna let that happen you are not I'm not gonna cry Mm. so what I did was I shut down emotionally and I stuffed everything Mm. and this accident it was really when I wrote my book and I was it was I wrote about everything um, from growing up in Texas and having to suck it up and cowgirl up and hide your crazy and be a lady and um, the abuse that it and it was right in my face it was cathartic and it was very healing because I was like, oh my gosh, I've been stuffing this. And so people ask, well, how long did it take you to write your book? And I'm like, it took me like two years because so much went into it. I was still in the in and out of surgeries and Mm -hmm. I really, it comes from my heart and I wrote it because I want to share those experiences so others know that they don't have to walk in shame mm. because that was a big deal for me. And I love that you said, you know, we can stuff it and we can stuff it or we can just process it. We can take yeah. a look at it. And I think that when we do share those moments in a safe environment, when yes. when we really trust people that it's, we can build even more of a connection with that person. Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. that because what we're doing is we're saying, hey, I'm human. And then they go, hey, I'm human too. Yeah. And, and when you can relate to someone who has been through something yeah. similar as you, then it is so healing. You don't feel alone. And that's the thing that I want people to know more than anything is that they're not alone, that they don't, because when you're in pain, or you're in shame, you feel very alone. For me anyway, I felt very alone. I felt like no one understands this, no one gets this. And when I had the courage to finally reach out my hand and ask for help, and I realized I wasn't the only one going through this similar, you know, this situation, Mm -hmm. 
is really when I started to think, okay, it's going to be okay. There's hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've you've used that as you've really turned your pain into your power. I feel like you you've, you've created a platform from it, and you've allowed other people to connect with your story and actually heal through hearing yours because they're able. That's to, so touching. It, it's true, and it's so beautiful, and I, that's why I mean I love I love people like you who have the courage to step out into the light and say, hey, look, this is what happened and this is what I'm going through for real. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Well, you know, I had no idea when I started this journey and I just I, I just wanted to write a book because I thought I didn't go through this for anything. If I can change one person's life and give them some hope, then it's worth it. And my publisher was like, well, we don't market, so it's up to you to market in order to sell the book. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know how to do social media or marketing, but let me just see what I can do. (laughs) And I started just sharing my experience. And what I found is that people who are going through something challenging, um, even if it's an emotional pain or a physical pain, or especially people that have the same nerve disease as me, when they see that, oh, well, she's struggling with it, but she's still showing up, yeah. she's still suiting up and showing up, and I can do it too. Yeah. Then, um, like right now, I'm doing a 30-day move your body challenge. And I was just like, you know what? I need some accountability. Let's all do this together. Let's move our bodies every day because it makes me feel better when I can move. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me to see how many people are posting in their stories like, this is what I'm doing today to move my body, you know? And it's like, it's amazing how we can all come together and support each other. Because that, you're creating a movement and, and it's part of your, so Pacer, which I would love for you to, because I, I want the listeners to write that down. I think it's really powerful and I want to hear you talk a little bit more on that yeah. as well community piece mm-hmm. you know it, it's so, like tribe community is so powerful yeah. and when I mean that's why I mean I have I have group coaching courses and I feel like in there the momentum the energy that's created it's so powerful to have a bunch of people on the same mission yeah you know it creates this like momentum this energy and it's flowing and it's it, it inspires each and every person in there yeah so yeah, I love that. And I think too, it just, it, for me, what it is, is it's accountability, um, but it's also the huge part of it is just knowing that I'm not alone. Not alone. Yeah. I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm not the only one going through this. And you know, I feel like alone we can do amazing things, but together, man, we are so, unstoppable. Exactly. I always say that. Yes, it's so true. I'm. I'm a... I'm a uh, recovered lone wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I still will, you know, as a tendency, go back and be a lone wolf. And it's so, it's like, I make things just so much harder when I try to do them myself. I know, but I do the same thing yeah. and I'll catch myself and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I don't, I, I don't have to do this alone. I can reach out for help. Yeah, and you get to reach out to help. It's a yeah. blessing and mm-hmm. you create connection. I mean, it's a huge um, oper- you're, you're giving also the person, you're giving to the person who you're allowing to support you. Because think about it, those of you listening, I'm sure you love it when your friends come to you asking for support. I mean, doesn't it feel good when someone comes to you asking? Because then you're like, wow, this person trusts me enough to show and like they're showing me these parts of them. It, it makes me feel more connected to that person. Exactly. I um, had someone ask me today, they emailed me and they asked, well, 
how do you ask for help and learn to accept help? Such and I question. said, first, you have to be in acceptance for where you are on your journey. Mm -hmm. You have to really be able to take a look at where you are. Next, you have to be humble enough to ask, but you have to be willing to, you have to be willing to want to better yourself. And I think if you have those things, it takes courage. It took courage it for me. One of the hardest things to do was when I was at my lowest point to go, oh my God, I need, I need help and to ask for help. Mm. And guess what? The first person I asked was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, take you to this group and we're gonna it's a group of women and we're gonna surround and they never called back and so I had to reach out to somebody else and then sometimes it doesn't always happen the first time you reach out so Such if, an important thing to, yes. yeah if it doesn't happen if the first person you reach out can't help you or they say they can and then they don't don't let that stop you from asking and that's someone not else. about you it's about them Exactly. It really is. So just keep reaching out. Yeah, yeah, and that's so true because that and that that's that is again resilience. It's like we get turned down, something happens, it's you know, instead of allowing ourselves to then be then sink into okay, well never mind and whatever, it's actually being like, Okay, no, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going because I know this yeah. is what I need. And and that's one thing I was gonna ask you is what so that what do you think is required to create that resilience, that mindset of not stopping until you get there. Well, I had, I was coming home from an event and one of my best friends was with me and she could tell I was hurting. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, it's amazing that you, she goes, I know how bad you hurt. Well, she goes, I know how bad it, hard it is for you because of your pain. But what is it that allows you to show up and do events and and be there for your kids and, yeah. and be there for your What is it? If you can take a look at that, that's what you need to share. And so that night when I got home, my husband looked at me. He's like, you know, you really need to pace yourself. And at first I kind of got pissed off because I was like, pace myself. Don't you know I'm full throttle all the time, you know. But then I got quiet and I really thought about it. And I started writing down everything that I did throughout the day that allowed me to pace myself. And that is where Pacer was actually born on a dinner wow. napkin, sitting at the dinner table with my leg propped up on the table. And um, I really think it starts with your mindset, yes. being able to get in the habit. And we all have this capability mm -hmm. of shifting our mindset. And you can do that by the minute you catch yourself going into a negative thought by replacing that with a positive affirmation. And like, I think the only way we can even interrupt and do that is that we're where we have the thought. Mm -hmm. So because a lot of us, we, I feel like we have these thoughts and they just come and they just come and we're going through life and we don't realize that, that we're having them. So we can't change or fix something if we don't even, we're not even aware it's there. Yeah. So how did you, how do you do this? Do you like, do you sit, do you journal, do you get quiet? How, how do you identify, okay, these are the thoughts that are holding me back. These are the negative thoughts I want to transform. Well, I think we can all get caught up in that, you know, that 
chatter that goes up. I know my mind chatter. It likes to have a party up there, yeah, yeah. and it will just tell me how I'm not enough, or you know that you don't have what it takes. Uh, yeah. yeah, and mm -hmm. the minute I start thinking like that, you can feel yourself lowering down. You can feel, you know, if you're really in touch with yourself and you really stop. And that's why I think it's important to have quiet time. For me, I have a morning routine me where too. I get up every day and I have quiet time. Yeah. And I allow myself to what am I feeling? What am what, you know, listen to my Just soul. Getting present with yourself. Yes, getting in touch yeah. with yourself and your body and instead of on this hamster wheel of life, it is important to pause. And so I start every day with the journaling and with some quiet time and I focus on what is my intention for today? What is the most important thing that, who do I want to be today? Yeah. And what do I need to do to bring my best self to the table yes. today? What yes. can I do one day at a time? Yes. And so I think it's important to start your day because look, we're not always going to be motivated. We have to, to really develop healthy habits every day because that's the key. We can't control what goes on throughout the day, but we can control our morning routine mm -hmm. and how we start our day, and it makes all the difference in the world. So I love, thank you so much for sharing all that. I wanna key in our listeners on a couple things you said. Uh, number one, one thing that I, I got when you were talking about you know, identifying the thoughts, the negative thoughts, it's the feeling. So really, you guys, when you start to feel, everyone knows what it feels like to not feel good. I mean, we know what not feeling good feels mm -hmm. like. So when you start to go there, that's a perfect time. To ask just why, to, yeah, why am I feeling exactly. this way? What's going on? What, why? Yeah, stop, stop for a second. Just stop what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Create the quiet space, okay? Create the space, you're worthy of this space. Whatever you're doing, you are more important than that thing you're doing, because guess what? Like you matter and you're worthy. So <laughs> create the time and space and get really clear on what am I thinking? What is the thoughts that are going through my head that are, ca that are causing me this feeling? Because it's always a thought that's creating it. Mm -hmm. And then going through, and I like what you said, so then shifting it into something that does feel good. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, all these thoughts, they're all, they all are perspectives. Mm -hmm. So when we ask ourselves, can I know 100% that I don't have what it takes, for example, like say that's the thought you're thinking. Can I know 100% certainty that I don't have what it takes? The answer is no, we can't know that for sure. So then why think that thought that feels super crappy yeah. and instead think a thought that's like way more empowering and feels yeah. good and actually has your body feeling good. So the, those of you listening, that was key. And then secondly, I'm gonna challenge everyone listening to create a morning ritual. If you don't already have one, um, and even if you do, make sure that that morning ritual, as Amberly said, has is creating space for you to be present with your like what is happening in your body what's happening in your mind mm -hmm. i think that is so important and starting the day connected to ourselves that way that is a powerful way to start the day yeah and i think you know it, i think especially nowadays when there's just so much you know between emails and social media and Nonstop. people, you know, pulling at you in a million, especially if you're a working mom or, you know, um, it's so important to have that time to just clear your head, 
focus on what what is the most important how can you show up as the best person and so I th even if that's only five minutes totally isn't that worth aren't you worth five minutes yes. isn't your dream worth five minutes oh, I have chills you know mm -hmm. you're you're worth it five minutes that's all it takes and it the more really is start now I, I prefer a little more than that yeah but. <laughs> I started I started with five minutes though so I like that you said that because I had the coach tell me Ashley you are not and it's true I was completely I mean I didn't spend any self-care self time with myself and mm -hmm. it was the challenge was start with five minutes because yeah. then I would say you know my excuse and those of you listening if you have this same little racket that you, that I had is well, I don't have time. I have too many things to do. I have this, I have that, you know, all the list of, especially mm -hmm. if you're a mom. It's like, oh, yeah. I have kids, you know, mm -hmm. they're getting up for school or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So um, start with five minutes mm -hmm. because five minutes is totally possible. Yeah. I mean, there's no excuse you can have for five, even if you just got to set your alarm five minutes earlier so you can exactly. have five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? If it's important to us, we'll find the time to do it. I don't care what it is, mm -hmm. but if it's not, we'll find an excuse. And and it's that way. It You have to look at, for me, what I, I make a list of my priorities and because it's easy to go off of that list because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, but it would be so much fun to like, you know, go shopping Shiny or object. Yes, yes, you scroll or just get distracted doing something. Yeah. And I stick to I try my best anyway to stick to that priority list because mm -hmm. it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole of where, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I heard this. So I like that you said I try my best too because it's true. We're all doing our best. Mm hmm. And I think it's important to, so I read this in a book. I think it was Atomic Habits, I'm pretty sure. And it's a great book, by the way, amazing. So when you're talking about habits, I was like, because I just read that book. But um, it's, don't you, you know, missing it, it happens. We're human. We, we're going to miss a day. Mm -hmm. You know, I've missed it. I've missed a day. So it's don't miss two in a row. Mm -hmm. So that was like his rule of thumb. And I really like that. I'm like, okay, because then it starts to, you're starting to develop like a pattern. Exactly. You know, when it happens more than once. And I have to say, like, it is so rare that I ever miss a day, like, ever. Same. It doesn't matter where I am. If I'm on vacation, I still have my morning routine. Yep. And yesterday was the first day that I missed my morning routine in, I don't know, over a year for sure. Um, I had had an event that I went to the night before and it was a late night and mm -hmm. my whole day was different. Right? My whole day was different yesterday because I've missed it. But the beauty is you get to wake up and start over exactly. the next day, exactly. you know? So I didn't beat myself up. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, right. this is what I chose. <laughs> uh, this is it. I'm taking my daughter to the bus stop in my robe today, but okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, that, that's so key though. I, I love that you said that. And, and even so there's times where, uh, I, I totally feel so you guys like it, it makes a difference. It really does. It does. And, um, when I have missed it, uh, same thing. I feel it's like the trajectory of my day is totally different. It's not as powerful. I don't feel as in my power. And it's funny because my friends will call me out now because they'll be like, did you do your morning routine? Oh, today? that is so funny. <laughs> they sense it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, did you not do your morning ritual? I'm like, oh. Well, <laughs> it's so funny because now what my husband does, now that he uses Pacer, is he calls me out on it. And he'll be like, uh, Amberly, where's the R? 
you're not for you're forgetting the r and pacer or uh amberly you really need to pee you need the p right now not to pee but you need the p. <laughs> you, don't need the p. <laughs> you don't need to pee you need the p yeah and he so calls me out and i'm like that's, oh that's, my god so i kind of have a love hate thing going on with it <laughs> okay so, so so pacer let's talk about that for a second so is it having all of all going on at once like what how do you yeah, well, it's throughout the day, you know, like the perspective, like how you shift your perspective, you can um, focus, count your blessings, focus on what you're grateful for. Mm. For me, it's when I go down that that road of, oh, I can't do this, and I wish I could do that. I start thinking, well, I can't run right now, but I can ride my bike. Uh, something as simple as that. And sometimes I think about, well, how worse it could be instead of, you know, oh, I, yeah, I can't, you know, and that, yeah, I don't yeah. not to go down that negative route, but it well, I feel shifts like things. You're taking more of a bird's eye view. You're, mm-hmm. you're taking yourself out of what's happening here and you're taking, you're, you're taking more of a bird's eye big picture view, which is powerful to do, especially when we're in something, when we're really, really in it. And I love that you said that right now because you're right it does create like a bird's eye view and the next part of pacer gets down to you and your heart and your soul because it's it's acceptance and acceptance for me was really the beginning the first step of my recovery journey because I didn't want to admit, I mean, look, we don't want to admit a lot of things going on. We don't want to admit when maybe our marriage is not great. My Mm -hmm. marriage is great. But if, you know, I was in a marriage before and it was hard to admit that. Yeah. Or for me, I didn't want to admit that I was going to live in chronic pain for the rest of my life, that I had this disease dubbed the suicide disease. And it wasn't until I got an acceptance you know, I was on 11 prescription medications and 73 homeopathic pills a day that did nothing for me. Um, and it wasn't until I got an acceptance of this isn't working and I got to try something else. Was I able to take action steps to start to make my life better? You know what's interesting? So I and I lo- I so as I'm hearing this, I'm, I'm remembering, so acceptance, sometimes I feel like that can be misconstrued yeah. to where it's like, oh, they tell me I can't do something, like what the doctor told you. And then they accept that. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's a totally different. So I would love to kind of distinguish the difference because what you are saying is quite the opposite. It's more accepting, like you're accepting what you're going through and... Well, it's accepting what is true for you, yes. not what other people say you. about you. Yes. So there's a big difference. There's, there's, um, there are facts and then there are people's opinions. Yes. And so you have to distinguish what is true for you mm. and what, like, you know, um, it's true that I have been diagnosed with a nerve disease. Mm-hmm. I had a doctor tell me, well, you probably won't be able to wear shorts again because you're gonna have so many scars Opinion. on your legs. Um, you, you should probably go get back, get in your wheelchair and put your leg up. Um, so it's really distinguishing between what your truth is and what people have put on you. Yes. 
you know so it's really important that's again why you need to really sit have quiet time to yourself get away from the chatter mm -hmm. and sometimes I, I think one of the things that helps me the most is to write it out right how Same. I'm feeling mm -hmm. you know um, also go in nature and go away from everything so you can just get quiet and and figure out what is true for you yeah I, I love that what's in alignment and we know we always know we know mm -hmm. what's in alignment for us and we know what isn't it's easy though you know for me look when you're told your whole life you know you're not good enough you'll never make it mm -hmm. It's easy to, to start to believe, believe that. that stuff. And start to accept those. Yep. And that's why it's really important. The next part of PACER might be the most important part of PACER because it's community. And it's so important to surround yourself around, if you want to be positive, you need to surround yourself by empowered, passionate, positive people. Yes. Because no matter what, you will start to become like the people that you're hanging around yep. there's no and it affects and it's not I think it's not just the people that we hang around I think it's our social environments I think it's who we're hanging out with at work yep. um, because you will start talking like that you will carry on those conversations you will start yep. thinking like them walking like them it's true we pick it all up mm -hmm. where we mirror those that we hang around it exactly and that is so true. Community is, that is so important to make sure that your environment is in alignment because when it's not, that's gonna be just another area of tension that is going to take you away from where you wanna go. It's just adding more resistance. Oh my God, when I first you know, was diagnosed with this disease, I had people go, oh well, you need to get in a support group. I'm like, a support group? I don't know about that. And so I looked. Oh my God, I looked real quick and I got out of there as fast as I could because the only support groups that I could find for CRPS was, and I haven't searched all of them because I'm sure this is going to piss some people off that I'm talking about this. Girl, share your but truth. <laughs> I could not find a support group that was full of positive people mm -hmm. turning their cans into their cans. You know, we all have bad days and I, that's fine to talk about that a little bit and not, you know, be, because it's not all, but we gotta, we got to feel the anger and yes. feel the pain, but then move forward from it. Absolutely. Don't get stuck there. Yep. And I found that a lot of the support groups that I saw, there was a lot of stuck. There was a lot of letting this disease define them. And it does not define me. It's something that I have, but it will not define what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. Yeah, and that is so, important. I love that you just said that. And I think the, some listeners now are probably thinking, well, how do I not get stuck? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I not get stuck when I'm in those low points? I know I used to feel that way. I used to feel like I would, my funks will last two weeks. This morning, so as Amberly said, you guys earlier in the beginning of the episode, she said that she woke up in a funk. So she, she had a funk this morning. So how, what do you, I have something that I do, but I'd love to hear what you do to make sure that you're not getting stuck in the funk and you're actually allowing yourself to feel it, mm -hmm. like not resist it because what we resist persists. Like we allow ourselves to feel it and shift. 
Well, um, I swear, man, you are so good. Cause the next part, I swear, the next part, the next part of Pacers endurance. Oh my God, this, you're awesome. Cause it just ties right in. So endurance, it takes endurance. And I mean, we all want to increase our stamina. We all want to get out of that funk and Mm -hmm. not be stuck and keep going. And that takes grit. Yes. And I think somebody asked me the other day, what is the definition of grit? And I think that grit is when passion and perseverance come together and it gives you the grit to keep going. But, but how do you do it? Um, for me, a couple of things that I do to work on my endurance is, um, something that saves me and gets me out of feeling stuck is I get out of myself and I focus on being of service to others. How can I be of service? And then I've had people say, well, I'm stuck in a bed. I can't really be of service. And I said, no, you can still be of service. When I was in the hospital bed, in the hospital, I was still making phone calls. I was still giving exercise tips to the nurses Mm -hmm. on how to get a better booty. I Mm -hmm. swear to God, whatever I could do to get out of my own head and be of service to others. You know why I think that's so powerful? This just hit me. Well, first off, I love that you said that, and I'm I'm 100% alignment. Girl, we we are in alignment. Yeah. So one thing I say is, when in doubt, focus out. When in doubt, focus out. Is it's such a powerful shifter. I love and you, that. You know what I think it reminds us of? I think it reminds us, this just hit me as like while you're saying that, it reminds us of our value. Mm-hmm. And it reminds us that we're valuable, because think about it. It gives us purpose. Yeah, because we're supporting, we're then supporting, because what do we feel like when we're at the depths of our freaking funks? We mm-hmm. feel worthless. Right? When mm-hmm. we're in that space, we're feeling typically pretty worthless. Mm-hmm. Well, when you are of service and you're contributing and you're focusing out, then you're providing value. You are valuable. You're reminding yourself of your freaking divine value that yeah. you're blessed with. Exactly. And uh, for me, you know, it was, I just wanted, I didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't like I had some guidebook that was telling me what to do. But for me, I wanted to feel a bit of normalcy. Like I wanted to, and what that really was now that you're saying this is I wanted to feel valued. I wanted to still be, uh, even though yeah. I'm stuck in this hospital bed, I want to still be valued. I want to still reminding yourself contribute. of your value. That it didn't matter. Your, we, like we are so much more than our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. That and was a really hard, hard lesson for me to learn. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that sounds so shallow, but I, you know, here I was, I had done a fitness video the day before my accident and now I'm scarred from the hip down and deformed and, you know, my foot's fused and my toe, my legs all metal. And I had somebody come to the house and she was a trainer that I worked with and she looked at me and she said, well, you can't be a trainer anymore. What are you going to do? And I just started crying. And again, that was her opinion and I was just gonna say that was another opinion. of me. Mm-hmm. And I used that moment to motivate me to prove to myself that I could do it. And you know what? When I I'm, wasn't like, I'm the best trainer. I walked in ready to train clients again on crutches. And I felt, I felt worthless really because I thought, who's gonna wanna train with me? I used to train boxers and athletes and people to get them ready for the 
CHP cert or exam, and now I'm on crutches, and I've lost 20 pounds of muscle, and I'm all scarred up, and I felt worthless. To my surprise, my business boomed because people had seen me in the gym. They saw me training people mm. or training myself when I was in a wheelchair. Mm. They saw me training when I was with a walker. They saw me in the gym bandaged up. They saw me on crutches trying to walk, trying to get my leg to go around one time on the bicycle. And to my surprise, people wanted to train with me because they thought, well, hell, if she can do it, I can do it. I want her to tell me. And I became that trainer that told them, yes, they could, when other people or themselves had told them, no, I can't. And so it, it boomed. So good. And you allowed yourself to be seen. That, that's, I mean, we just talked about that earlier. So, like, you allowing yourself to be seen, look at the freaking power that that had. But you would, I mean, it's probably something we would never guess. When we are, when we want to hide... We, we think that if we showed up, we would never expect it. Most often, it is the exact opposite of what we expected. I mean, it boomed, as you said. Mm -hmm. And what I love about what you said, and this is, and I, I literally got like chills as I was hearing you, is like, you turn, and this is key for you guys listening, please just take this, because I, I heard it as she was speaking. She turned can't into how can I. Mm -hmm. There's like, always a way. When, when, never ever say, even if you, even if you're like, I can't afford it, which is the thing that a lot of people say, I can't afford it. How can I afford it? How can I? There's always a way. There There's is. always, it may not look like the way that you have planned. Cause a lot of times we can, I'm a big planner oh, and, and things usually don't go as planned. <laughs> yes. So I always have a plan B you always have to have a different plan, you know? Um, and that's something that this has taught me yeah. is there, it, life doesn't, you know, for me, it was like the rug was pulled out from underneath me and I was like, okay, well, I'm being redirected and now I'm gonna do this instead. And that requires some flexibility. And a lot of flexibility. Yes, because if you're, I mean, I'm an analyzer, personality type, and I also, my pattern, my unhealthy pattern is uh, rigid pattern. So I can tend to be, I'll have this plan. And for those of you listening, if you can relate, let us know. But where I would stick to, I would be so rigidly attached to my agenda. And when it yeah. wouldn't go that way, when it wouldn't go my way, it was like, uh, it was like, I would just get so upset. It would just yeah. really frustrate me. And the thing is, is sometimes we actually are getting exactly, if not more than what we, a that, that what we asked for. It's just not in the packaging that we thought it would be. Mm -hmm. So we send it away. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. It's like it, it'll show up on our doorstep, but it's not in the correct packaging. It doesn't look the way that we thought it would look. So then we send it away. So what you did is you embraced it and you were flexible in that and knowing. And I'm sure that, I mean, that, that definitely took grit. For you. It did. And it, you know, a lot of times when we have something that happens, it's either a blessing or it's a lesson, but I feel like it's always a blessing in some ways if we can look at it that way. I know it's hard when, if you're listening and you're sitting in through, you're sitting through something that's horrible. Uh, I, I mean, I know how that feels because you're like, how can this be a blessing? Yeah. Well, I have had to 
learn to look at things at, okay, what am I learning from this? This is not what I wanted. This is not the situation that I would have ever imagined, but what can I learn from it? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard and it's not always, you know, yeah. but it's possible to yeah, move it's, it's forward. How can I, how mm-hmm. can I move forward with this? Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. Okay, so the last R, let's talk. Oh. I'm like, now I'm like. The R, the R was the hardest thing for me. In fact, I wanted to call this pace, the pace method, not the pacer method. Okay. But talk about lessons. This was the lesson that I was getting over and over and over. And it was what I was leaving out was rest. And mm. we cannot be resilient if we don't rest, if we don't recover. It's so essential. We can't just keep going and going and going and going and not refuel or reboot or replenish ourselves. And what I was doing was I was just pushing it as hard as I could and I was ignoring my pain. And when it really hit me was, um, I, I swear to God, this is crazy. I had given a motivational speech at this organization. I was hurting pretty bad. My back was hurting, but I thought, well, you know, my back's hurting so bad that I don't feel the pain in my leg. So I finished that. I got to the gym and I asked one of the other trainers, I was like, can you give me some Bengay? And I put the Bengay on my back and I wrapped my back. I started working out and I was like, this is getting pretty bad. Long story short, the next day I woke up really sick, convulsing, un, like, uncontrollably shaking my husband had to take me to the ER I had passed a kidney stone that got infected the doctor looked at me and he was like you don't look sick you shouldn't be this sick you look pretty healthy he goes you're septic we have to put you in ICU so I said I don't want to be in ICU I won't get to see my kids you know and he's like you're gonna die and they, I barely remember the three days I was so drugged up and everything in ICU, but when I was finally feeling better, I had two different doctors came in and said, if you would have waited one more day, you would have been dead. Jeez. And it was when I thought, oh my God, I am not giving myself the gift of grace of rest Mm -hmm. and I need to rest and I need to pay attention to my body and we all need to take the time to you know in a society where rest is yeah rest is looked at as a luxury we really need to change that we need to look at rest as no it's a necessity yes it is we have got to take our health seriously we Mm -hmm. have to take our mental health seriously Mm -hmm. and if we're constantly on full throttle all the time we're gonna crash yep and I had a friend of mine he said it like this you know it's like if you're in a, a car and you're going full throttle on the straightaways it's okay but there's a time and place on those curves where we have to slow down and kind of go with the flow or else we're gonna crash yeah and it's good. true. We're, we so that are I've learned the hard way over and over. I'm and my husband this. yells at me. That's Where's the, the one R? That you need to be reminded of the most. It is because <laughs> yeah. I want to do it yes. all, and I want to just keep going. And it's like we have mm. to at least recharge as much as we recharge our phones. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And that's. I mean, that takes us back to what we we started talking about, which was creating the space for yourself mm-hmm. every day, creating that space of rest, and that could look all 
kinds of ways, whatever, whatever you, however, wherever, whatever resonates and lands for you, wherever you feel most rest, like you got to create that time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And for those of you go-getters listening, you go, go, go. Like Stop. the type A <laughs> yeah, yeah. personality, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I am that. I am that. And I've had to learn to stop. It's so powerful. Just rest. And yeah, it's like such a gangster thing to do in a society <laughs> a where gangster. it's like, you got to work. You just got to hustle, hustle, hustle. And it's like, oh no, I'm going to rest. That's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I get to rest. I am blessed to rest. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. So, Amberly, we are, this time flew by. I'm like, I love this whole conversation. I'm sure everyone listening is just falling oh, in love thank with you. you. You're so amazing and so inspirational. I, 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 I'm so grateful that we made this work. You guys, I'm in LA, so we're doing this in, in person right now. And I'm just so grateful that I get to experience your energy. I'm so it's, glad I got to meet you. Yeah. You're amazing. So, to leave off our listeners, I would love just one whatever is coming to you, like whatever in this moment is, is coming to you, mm. something that we can leave them with, uh, some, some, something that we can really, that you can really part them with where they can. Oh, well, I think the, the first thing that just popped in my head when you said that is um, there's always a way. It might not be what we thought we wanted, but you know, how to plan it or how to do it, but there's always another way of doing something. And I also wanted to say to your listeners that, you know, to not, sounds kind of cliche to say don't give up, but, but really I can speak from experience of and tell you that no matter what your circumstances are, no matter if your circumstances have narrowed your possibilities, mm-hmm. that you can have the life that you have always imagined. It's your choice. You get to decide. Mm -hmm. So, and I think once you know that you have a choice, you take your power back. So it is time to take your power back and thrive, Mm -hmm. not survive, thrive. Mm, So powerful. Thank Mm. you for that. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And so how, so everyone, where do they find your book? Where do they connect with you? Give us all okay. the things. And I'll put everything in the show notes for you guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I would love if people reach out to me. You can reach out to me at Amberly Lago, A-M-B-E-R-L-Y-L-A-G-O.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Amberly Lago Motivation. And my book is at your favorite bookstore or it's easy to just go right on Amazon. If they want it signed, you can get it on my website. But yeah, connect with me. I like to stay connected with people. And so I'd love to hear from them. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing thank your heart you. with us. I thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Ashley Hand Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else who you also think will enjoy it. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on all the future juicy goodness. Also, if you would leave me a rating or review, I so, so appreciate that. It's how I know I'm providing you with value and it inspires me to keep going and giving you guys this awesome free content. Oh, and if you have an Instagram, come hang out with me over there. If you screenshot this episode and tag me at ashley.hand, I see and read all of those and I love sharing your story post to my story as well. Make it a powerful day and I'll see you on the next episode.